With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to episode 76 of GigPod, the Glasgow Green podcast. I am Rizzo and it's a Halloween special as we talk about Celtic's horror show against Livingston yesterday. See, that was that was good, that. I'm joined on this week's episode by my old pal Hamish from 6-7 Hail Hail. Hamish, how are you? Hello, John. Hello, listeners of, of GigPod. Yeah, they could hardly have picked out two more handsome devils for this Halloween special. <laughs> yes. And unfortunately, it was a horror performance by Celtic yesterday. We drew nothing each with Livingston. They blew the chance to go top of the league, put loads of pressure on Rangers. Unfortunately, they took advantage of it and won 6 1 at Four Park against Motherwell today. And Hamish, it's just unfortunate that we missed, they didn't do a gig pod in midweek when Celtic probably turned in one of their best performances of the season in the first half against Hibs. We won three one, and then we turned in possibly a worse performance yesterday. Do you agree with that? I think it was a worse performance of the season yesterday. Um, well, what are the other contenders? Uh, Hearts away wasn't ideal. I mean, Livy away. Do you think it was worse than Livy away? Yeah, because we were at home, and I think that, and we were only playing on a ridiculous plastic pitch, and we had our, our two most important players that missed that game. Well, play well. One of them played the whole game and the other one played only 30 minutes. We'll talk about that a bit later. But no, and we still created like even half chances in that game. In this game, that game yesterday, we didn't even really create a half chance until injury time, which was really poor. Aye, um, I, I think I've, I've just come off 67 Hail Hail where I was chatting with, with another John, John McGinley, about the game. And I think the thing we both you know took away from it was there seemed to be a, a bit of a shirking of responsibility from from several Celtic players yesterday. And while yesterday is, I hope, a one-off, and I certainly don't think we should all be jumping to, you know, these these massive conclusions that this team's doomed to fail and Ange's a hopeless manager and all of that nonsense that I thought we'd left behind. It, it certainly was concerning yesterday that we couldn't break down a team that just came to, to defend against us for, for not the first, but the second time this season. Um, definitely concerning. And, as I say, I just don't think there were enough players yesterday willing to to take the game by the scruff of the neck and and you know drive forward um, and do something themselves, whether that be getting a shot off, shot off from distance or finding you know a, a difficult pass to make. I, I just felt there was a lot of moving the ball side to side yesterday, and being brutally honest, John, it, it put me to sleep at, at points. Yesterday, um, and and Ange prides his teams on being exciting and exhilarating, and I think to a large extent that has been the case this season. I've certainly come away from Celtic Park, you know, many times this season, delighted with what I've watched. But yesterday, 
Um, I, I just thought it was it was really frustrating and uninspiring how how nobody seemed capable of of really taking that game by the scruff of the neck. And there was actually a phase in the second half. I don't know if you remember it, maybe seventy five minutes in, where we had like four or five chances in the same move to hit a shot, and people just kept. Um, you know, passing the buck, moving the ball on, not taking the initiative. And I think that's my big takeaway that, that was disappointing yesterday. I felt if we'd had a bit more imagination and a bit more willing to, to as I say, take the initiative, I think that's a game we, we could and should have won. Yeah, Bo are both at the game, unfortunately, and it was a snore-faced, as they say. Selig had two shots in target in the entire game. One was at the end of the first half when a Ralston shot was cleared off the line and then the other shot in target unbelievably was the penalty and injury team, but we'll talk about the penalty a lot more later on. Now, Hamish, the big talking point of the, the starting eleven was the fact that Kyogo had been left in the bench, and bluntly, that didn't work out. I mean, his replacement, Gigi, as we're going to call him, didn't have the best game, not just the penalty, we didn't have a good game really at all, and even though we didn't create a lot of chances in the game. Our movement was a lot better when Kyogo was brought on. And can you understand the reason why he uh, left Kyogo on the bench because he's played so much football? And I mean, he will. He's got these two trips with Japan coming up in a couple of weeks, which is a pain. So number one, can you understand why he done it? But number two, do you know think that I know this is a bit hard to take in, but Selic aren't really good enough yet to not play probably our best player, even if it is against a team like Livingston. I know I was going to say no, no disrespect to Livingston, but they've, we've took one point against them this season, so they deserve respect, unfortunately. So, number one, do you think it was a mistake leaving them out? And number two, do you think that, unbelievably, Selig aren't good enough to leave out like a player like Kyogo against Livingston? Because we didn't really do that. And like, even like, if you look at our most successful managers, like Brendan Rodgers, Martin O'Neill, Gordon Stratton, even for like the run of the mill games, they rarely made that mistake. Like we never really rested Larson, for example, that much. So what did you make of that yesterday? If you allow me to do a, a certain Craig Beatty and, and flip the question and, and divert it right back to you, John, do you think oh. start do you think starting Kyogo would have made any difference yesterday? Do you think we win that game if Kyogo starts? Yes. Because I think we looked a lot better with him on. I know we didn't create that many chances, but with a lot more movement and He's a better link-up player than uh, Gigi, and we wouldn't have played him on the wing. Wouldn't have played. He still really wasn't up front. I don't think yesterday he was more a support uh, striker when he came on, or on or on the wing as well. But I think if we'd played him through the middle, what's his best positioning? And I mean, it sort of reminds me in a way back to the game against Rangers, where everybody was like thinking, "Oh, when he goes through the middle, he's just gonna have." Like he reigns a really hard time when you look at how Rangers defensive been poor this season. And of course we played him on the wing and that was a failure. And no, I know it's like it's after the event, but I really think it's wrong that it's, he's a best player. That's I think undeniable now. And he might be tired, but he, he did have that spell of injured last month. He's only he's only been back for a few weeks. And I really think it was a big mistake. I think it's probably one of Andrew's biggest mistakes so far. Maybe that and deciding who takes the penalties as well. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I get I get your point of view. I, I personally, you know, answer my own question. I, I, I don't think starting Kyogo yesterday would have made much difference. I, I just thought 
that I don't necessarily think that the space would be there for Kyogo to, to play in that game. Um, and that's obviously an issue we'll, we'll have to address this season. Um, there, there's been quite a lot of games lately. And I know it's kind of, I hope this doesn't come across as any sort of criticism of Kyogo. It's kind of the opposite. But there's been a lot of games that he's not really been in, in terms of he's not really been found by his teammates. And he's kind of been on the periphery of a lot of games. The, the first part game is is an obvious example um, you could argue the the Ferencváros game until he scored. He he wasn't really involved at all. Even you know the St Johnson game when he was in the wing, he, he was quite quiet. So I, I don't necessarily think it's this idea that if Kyogo had started, that Celtic would have would have won yesterday. I, I genuinely don't. But um, I, if it's one thing kind of saying it now after the game, but I think before the game, if you're asking me what my reaction was to find out he was on the bench. Quite indifferent, to be honest. I, I didn't. I didn't really think it was a a major issue, really worth talking about. There was a few of my pals were freaking out because it's it's obviously a bit of a headline. Oh God, Kyogo, you know, a star player. Why is he not starting? But I can understand why why Ange did it. I, I think it's a game that against Livingston that that we we should be winning without Kyogo, and I, I really hope that that isn't you know disrespect to Livy. And um, we we'd rested a badder for a few games. Um, Jota's playing out of his skin. We had Mikey Johnson on the bench as well. Gigi got his first goal last weekend. Um, so I, I certainly, you know, think we had enough in that that front line yesterday to be able to beat um, Livingston even without Kyogo. And I, I think I, I personally I, I didn't see a huge a huge difference when he came on. Um, but yeah, it's, it's whether Ange does it again, John. I mean, do, do you think he's gonna he's gonna be able to do that again with with the pressure that? That is on you as manager of Celtic. I mean, it's one thing dropping Kyogo and, and dropping points once, but if, if you do it twice to, you know, a Dundee next week or a St Mirren or someone like that, then, you know, the, the pressure is going to be relentless. Well, I don't think he will because I think he'll be playing on Thursday. And unfortunately, this just might be my thing, but I've seen some other talk on this before forums. Like, if he starts on Thursday, that sort of signals that maybe Thursday's more important than Livingston. And to me, that's not the case. I think, okay, we need to do well in Europe, but the league's just massive priority this season. So now we're going to another player, and I don't think there's any doubt that this player was missed, Tom Rogic. We played Beaton as, I suppose, in a way, his replacement, but the problem was Beaton was so slow getting the ball forward, and it allowed Livingston to get everybody back behind the ball, and we really, really did miss Rogic. I know he's like a hit and miss player, but when he's on his day, he's great. And that is a concern that having one player out makes such a, a big difference to this Celtic team. And I think if Rogic had played, we would have won because he's got the skills that can unlock pack defences. Look at the third goal against Hibs the other night when he beat like three or four men with like one movement. And he's a huge miss. And I know he's going to be out for a couple of weeks, but I'm fearful that if we play somebody like Dundee next week, They'll just see what would see what happened yesterday. Pack the defence, and if we do the same tactics like we did yesterday, we'll struggle like crazy to break them down. Again. I, I, I think you're right to pick up in Beaton. I thought Beaton had a pretty poor game yesterday. He's, I mean, it's nothing new, but he's he's kind of incapable of of playing one touch football, isn't he? I mean, you never ever will rarely see Beaton moving the ball one touch. It's always kind of take a touch, take a second touch, and then maybe spray it out wide or. Or you know, put it back into the centre backs, and 
Um, when you, you notice the comparison with, with someone like McGregor, who usually plays in that deeper role, and, and for me does a, a really good job linking defence to attack McGregor that no one else at the club can do. I, th- I think you do struggle when you get beat on there instead. But I mean, David Turnbull as well yesterday, and I, I thought David Turnbull put in one of his best displays recently at Hibs on Wednesday night. So, you know, this isn't a, a well, excuse the Halloween term, but a witch hunt against David Turnbull. Um, that wasn't <laughs> planned at all, by the way, before anyone starts. But I know, incredible. Um, but, you know, it's not a witch hunt against David Turnbull because I've actually rated him and I've been kind of sticking up for him lately. But yesterday, I just thought he was so slow. Um, you know, there was times when he could have got a shot away and he was taking too many touches. And then by the time he finally decided to take take a shot, Livingston had two, three men in front of the ball blocking it away. And I think that was just symptomatic of, of yesterday's display as a whole, um, badly missed Tom Rogic. He just does something that nobody else in that team can do. Um, I, I think it, it just reminds us, if we needed reminding, that we are very short in midfield um, and, and we certainly need to add one, maybe two players in January. And I think that goes for the whole game yesterday, John. Like I know I'm frustrated, you're frustrated. I know a, a, another certain member of GigPod is very frustrated. I'm sure you'll come on to that. But it's one game and if Celtic... You know, it, it may be a good thing in the long run. Maybe it'll just be a reminder to these players that you have to be on the ball every single week when you play for Celtic. And I'm not saying that they turned up yesterday expecting to win and, you know, they just felt they had to turn up for the three points. But it is a reminder that whenever you're playing for Celtic, you know, in any game, the opposition are going to be motivated because Celtic are the biggest club in the country and, and Livingston coming to Celtic Park in front of 50, 55,000 is going to raise their games. And maybe it's just a wee reminder for, for what is a pretty newly assembled Celtic team. Um, maybe I'm just, you know, finding the positives, but I think yesterday may be good in the long run. Uh, I disagree with that completely. We'll talk about that a bit more uh, near the end when we talk about going forward. But no, I think yesterday was a a real missed opportunity for a statement. It would have been the first time we've been talking Are we going to end up having a Halloween scrap here? Is that, is that, is that where this is leading? Absolutely, uh, are, absolutely not. Are you coming to Ayrshire or am I, am I going up to you? We respect each other too much for that, of course, brother. We'll talk about uh, like that near the end. Two other quick things before we talk about the the last minute of the game. Number one, I feel a bit sorry for Carl, Carol Starfield picking up that injury because I think he was coming on his best run of form in a Celtic shirt. It's always disruptive when you need to change your central defence. I feel sorry for him. I hope it's just a couple of weeks and he's back after the international break. I thought he was very good in the last couple of games. He didn't really have much to do yesterday, but I thought he'd been playing well. And number two, and our beloved leader, Stevie, is uh, no happy about this. He really wants us to end the the right-back, left-back situation. He wants Juranovic to play in his natural right-back position. How can you take Ralston out of the team the way he's playing? I mean, surely, surely it has to be Ralston over Juranovic then now. No, he's everyone. He's, he's. I'm sorry, but his crosses. I seen people saying his crosses were good. They weren't really. They were just. They'd no finesse. He just was hitting it as hard as he can. I know he's been really, really good this season, and yeah, he's been brilliant this season. He's one of your best players. But it just seems, and I agree with our fearless leader Stephen. This it just seems bizarre to me that. We've got a guy that's an international left-back, the right-back for Croatia, who are a good team. But we are playing him out of position, and I just I don't understand that. I, I really... I mean, I, I understand when I was down the first time because it was like an emergency against Rangers, and like 
but we're in a sort of dire injury situation. But and I think Rallison's played well, and I think he'd be on he'd be unlucky. But I really think we should play Juranovic in, in his normal place. You play your better players in their best position, and Juranovic is one of your better players, and he's also the best penalty taker at the club. But no, I really think that's a mistake, Bange. I hope he rectifies it soon, but I doubt he will. I think for the next couple of games, at least, I'll be roused in the right back. So what do you make of that, And What do you think of poor old Carroll? Just about jumping my car and head up to Glasgow, John, because this can't continue, mate. This is just, this is getting too much for me. <laughs> we are definitely coming to blows tonight. Um, I, Star felt disappointing, isn't it? Um, because I, I think you're right. I think he's he's coming on to a game and I, he wasn't bad at all yesterday. Um, I, I just... Going back, I just think I just don't think you can take Ralston out of the team at all. Um, one thing I wanted to raise as well before you move on to the the penalty, um, two bits of brilliance in the first half that will go unnoticed because of the the full time result. But Jota's touch from the pass, I think it was from Ralston that was overhit. It was going out of play, and he he lifted up his right foot and literally on the line. I don't know about uh, six foot in the air, controlled the ball with the most immaculate touch. And also Jota again completely ripping Nicky Devlin. I think it's a, a flip flap, the the kids call that, the old Ronaldinho one when you kinda of move the ball really quickly left, right with, with the same foot. And he I think he nutmegged Nicky Devlin doing that. So two bits of brilliance for Jota that I just wanted to, to mention on the pod. Uh, that first one in particular when he managed to keep the ball in play without a flick was uh, brilliant. That was probably the highlight of the first half and the second half didn't really have any highlights. But unfortunately, we must talk about the the last uh, couple of minutes of the game. The six minutes of injury time were awarded, and it looked like it was going to peer out into one of the frustrating 0-0 draws. But then, at last, in the 93rd minute, we were awarded a penalty by, by Robert Madden, who hadn't had the best game, but he did award us a penalty in injury time, and it was a penalty. Uh, Obelai sort of push slash hit Kyogo for no reason really basically it was daft if it was one of the players that had done it I'd have been going crazy and were awarded a penalty and the decision had been made before the game according to Ange that Gigi or Greek striker Giacomakis would take the penalty it wasn't going to be Juranovic even though he scored two penalties out of two and it was on the pitch what Ange actually said after the game was it was my decision. He was a designated penalty taker. The other day, he wasn't on the, the field when Juranovic took it. Right. But in this, now, number one, do you think that maybe Cal McGregor or one of the other, like, big other players in the squad that are, like, the team leaders, I don't know, maybe even Joe Hart, should just override that and say, no, Juranovic is going to take it because he's got a 100% record? And number two... Well, you were at all confident he was going to score because when I seen him waiting to take the penalty, I wasn't confident at all. Number one, I think if it's been decided beforehand, then then that's what goes. Um, for the record, I, I think the decision to to make Gigi a penalty taker, given not just the way Rousen, eh, Rousen, God, still got me in my mind. Not not just the way, not just the way JJ, the fact he scored the last two, but the manner of them, both of them, you know, Betis away. And last week against St. Johnson, he, he took them took them so well. Um, so I, I don't understand why it wouldn't be him. But I think if that's the decision you've, you've, you've come to, you, you can't change that last minute, I don't think. I mean, that, that's why you have the training ground to, to decide things like that. 
And um, number two, was I confident? Absolutely not. I even muttered the words, I've got a really bad feeling about this just before he stepped up. Um, it's, a, it's a weird it's a weird thing, isn't it, when, when someone's taking a penalty? You, you can't quite put your finger on what it is, but you just you just know sometimes that, that a player's not going to score. The, the one I always go back to is Ryan Christie against Rangers in um, December of 2019. Knew he was going to miss that. You, you just you just have a feeling sometimes. You just know when a player's going to miss. Um, and yesterday was definitely it. I, I I just find it so frustrating the whole thing because there's there's no guarantees with penalties, of course, but you just know Juranovic would have scored that, don't you? You know he would have slotted that. He's, he's a confident player. Um, he, he doesn't seem to really get nervous. And Gigi, who'd had a pretty poor game, I I, I just I just felt we, we took a, a risk, an unnecessary risk with that one. I don't know if we're trying to make a statement of, of Gigi, who I think, to be fair, scored a, a few penalties last year in, in the Netherlands, but it had to be Juranovic. And, and I genuinely believe if it had been Juranovic, if we'd have made that simple decision to keep the penalty taker who scored his last two on our penalty kicks, who scored one last weekend, so it's not as if it was months ago. It's fresh in everyone's mind. If we'd have kept him on them, I think we'd be would have been looking at three points and we'd only be two points off the top. And and for me, that's that's a big frustration. Aye, our, our dear leader, Stevie, was raging. He actually says to me, he says, remember to mention I'm, I was raging about the decision. He uh, put Gigi in penalties. He says it was... And should put the feelings over someone over professionalism. Here, here's one. Who, who takes the next one? If we get one on, on Thursday night, and, and Gigi and, and Juranovic are on the park, I'll be Gigi because Ange's made a road for his own back with us. It'll be Gigi again because he's he's either your best penalty taker or he's not. I know, but because Ange just said that, that would make him put a hypocrite. Then if if we gave it to JJ and not Gigi because Ugh. he said after the game that the decision was made, but I think it was a big mistake and. The penalty was really, it was like a soft penalty, it wasn't it? Like it struck hard and it was so easy for the goal to save it. And I feel a bit sorry for Gigi because he's going to get it in the neck because of what happened. He had a really good chance to win the game even after that when Forrest had a shot, a, a sclaff, and it deflected into his path and he couldn't get a good touch on it at all and put it past the post. And I know it's early days for him, but see, when you play for a team like Celtic and unfortunately Rangers, because like, the pressure, I think some people don't understand the pressure. Like, you, you really need to... If he'd have scored that penalty yesterday, they'd have been like a big hero, would have been top of the league. Okay, it might all be for 24 hours, but they'd have been top of the league. Like, it would have kept the momentum going. We would have been all, you know, after, we would have been all after the game saying, yes, he's got the big game mentality, he's got it. But now, I think unless he like starts to get a run of, of goals, consistent goals, there's going to be question marks over and people might... Say it was a bit of a dud, and that's no fair because he's only just a Selic and he scored one goal in his first and his first up. But that's just the way it happens at a team like Selic. And I think, unfortunately, after that miss and the fact that he didn't really play well at all, he's going to have to really do a lot to win over the fans. And that is a pity, but that's just how it happens at teams like Selic. I, I, I didn't, I didn't think he played well yesterday, but I didn't think he was like horrendous or anything. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't. He wasn't a Yeti levels of bad. Like he, he had he had good good bits of link up play, bits where he held the ball in and stuff. I mean, he wasn't any worse than anyone else in that park. Obviously, the fact he missed a penalty late on is no. It's the it's, it's the optics though. It's the fact that he missed that penalty and what was at stake. I mean, Stevie sent me a tweet earlier 
like, it would have been the first I see a guy had said something like he didn't he think people were maybe not making enough of it that we were going to go to the top of the league for the first time in a year. And I mean, I don't know how many people expected us to win the league at the start of the season. I have to say I didn't. But that was a showed like a sign of progress when you look at the rebuild that we've had to do that would have really put Rangers under a ton of pressure as well. And I don't know, I really think that game was all about momentum and I feel a that a GG on the like score starts going a lot of goals and you're right, it wasn't that it wasn't like terrible, it wasn't a JT bad or some of the other strikers had, but it's just like the optics and a guy that's top score in the Dutch league really should have, should have took that ball and hammered it. And I really think that was a bad mistake by Engine. The game ended nil nil and unfortunately we're now four points behind after Rangers uh, win today and I don't know, Hamish. What are what are your thoughts overall on the the league going forward? I think it's still it's still so early, and I know that's a bit of a cop out. But what are we? Last day of October, you know, November. Do you do you think now though that that we've lost that margin for error, like that we had? Like if we'd won, there was only and there was only like if we'd both won this weekend, and we're still only two points in it. Like we still in a way had a margin of error, like. But I think now, as at four points, I feel that if it gets to like six points, I don't know if this Celtic team is good enough to overhaul that. I mean, we've not beat Rangers for two for like two years, I don't think, and we might play them in this, the League Cup final soon. I mean, that I think that could have a big bearing on what happens for the rest of the season. But I don't know if I trust this Celtic team now and make up a gap. Well, it's still four points, I'm still confident to an extent that we can win the league but if it gets to six points I just don't know if I trust a Celtic team at this moment in time I feel like we're just too hit or miss I mean but even though we won 3-1 three, three the other night I, especially the second half I didn't think we played that well last week we were a bit ropey yesterday we were really bad and I know it's a new team but there's so much at stake this season with the Champions League money, and I just hope that we're not looking at this as a missed opportunity when you look at how poor Rangers have been for much of the season as well. I mean, that every team played, every team that played on Wednesday that played this weekend, none of them won the two games, so everybody is a bit inconsistent. But I don't know. I know you said that yesterday might not be a bad thing, but I just feel that that might be a real missed opportunity. And when we look back at the end of the season, we'll be regretting that. Obviously, I don't, and we can look back and laugh and look, ha ha. Mind Gigi missed that penalty and they scored the goal that won the league, but I don't know. I think that result yesterday has ended up we've ended up putting a lot of pressure on ourselves and we've got this game next week at Dens Park. I mean, they're a strange team. You'd think we could win that relatively comfortably, but then they lose five nothing and then win one 0 So I'm not sure. I think I feel that yesterday could be one of the like season defining like weeks or fixtures. For what happened this weekend, I hope it's not. But I don't know. Do you think if we were, if we went six points behind, we could overturn that? Absolutely, I. I mean, we're we're six points behind six weeks ago, and we we got it down to two, and and that's without. But now it's but, back but to that's four. With, that's without Rangers I, having really played any tough away games. You know, a week ago, people are are talking about the fact that we're in a great situation because we've been to Easter Road, Petodre, Fir Park, Tynecastle, Ibrooks, Livingston. They've not been to any of those grounds apart from Motherwell now, but they've got all of them coming up. So I'm I'm not worried at all about the way this Celtic team's going. I still think Celtic will be right in the mix to win the league. Whether we win the league or not um, is another topic because I, I think, you know, 
I don't think any of us could really have expected Celtic to win the league, given where Ange was when he took over and where Rangers were last season. But I, I think we have just as good a chance as them. Um, they're, they're nothing special as far as I'm concerned. They might improve a bit after today. I think that could be a momentum builder for them. But they're still going to drop points at stages this season. Um, I mean, the chances of them coming through uh, Easter Road, Pitodry, Tynecastle, and Celtic Park without dropping points is is pretty minuscule, I would say. They're going to drop points. And if Celtic can go on a, a, a run of form like we did leading into the game yesterday, you know, really decent run of form. And if we can extend that a little bit longer, I think we'll, we'll be in a good position. I, I'm not concerned. I would love to have won yesterday. And listen, I wasn't coming away from the game smiling. I was really, really disappointed, angry yesterday that, that we hadn't won that game because it's one that I'd personally counted out as three points. We'll not be making that mistake again this season, by the way, and I hope the players don't either. Um, but I'm, I'm, it hasn't changed my overall viewpoint of, of where Celtic are heading. I'm still very content with the way I'm just taking this team in. And I, I think, yeah, I think still firmly believe that, that we can win the league. I'm not that confident. I just, I don't trust this Celtic team. And... I just think we might be looking back at this season if we don't win the league is a huge missed opportunity and we'll talk about that and we no doubt do a podcast again <laughs> at the end of the season but no we really need to get more consistency and that brings us on to Thursday night and when we play French Varos away we beat them 2 nothing, of course uh, when we played them at home a few weeks ago this probably sounds bad but after yesterday and I might change my mind on Thursday half 7 I, I think Sunday's game at the end is far more important. I mean, this is the game I would have left Kyogo on the bench for and gave Gigi a start up front and see how he fared. And obviously, we want to win, and I think even a draw would be a decent result. But for me, uh, next Sunday's much bigger. What are, what are your thoughts in the week ahead? Definitely, I the, the domestic game is, is always going to be bigger. I don't care if it's Barcelona in the Europa League last 32 in February and then Dundee at home. Two days later, the Dundee game's still going to be bigger because the league is is a priority in every season, but especially I think this season when the league winner is effectively guaranteed Champions League football next season, straight into the groups. The league is is always the most important and the league game every week is, is the most important. So that's how I feel about things. But I think this is a Celtic team that can compete on, on, on both fronts. And I certainly think avoiding defeat in Hungary and then beating Dundee at Dens Park is not just achievable, but I think it should be the the expectation. Do you think we'll play our strongest possible team on a, on Thursday? Because obviously Starfleet will be out. What do you think? Do you think we'll play this the strongest team? Like Kyogo will be back. Or, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. If Forrest maybe it's probably too early for him to start. Uh, I don't know about Hood playing the wing because Abad had a bit of a poor game yesterday. Yeah, I think I think you'll probably see. Well, not probably. You you'll see the strongest team in both games, but I, th- I think we'll we'll mix it up to an extent. I think, for example, someone like Mikey Johnson will, will maybe start one of the games. Probably Sunday against Dundee, more likely. You know, Abada might start one of the games. I think someone like Jota will start both. I think Kyogo will start both. I don't think he'll be left out for either. Gigi might start one of the games. Um, so we've got options there now to, to play different games. I, I'm actually I'm actually not that concerned about Dundee next week. Um, I, I think I think we'll, we'll, we should hopefully have enough to win that game. Um, I think a record there is is pretty decent over the years. 
and I actually don't think they're a particularly good team. I think they got a decent result of the weekend there, but you know Ross County scored five against them the last time they played at home, so we, we should be able to win that game. And I think if we do win that game and if we avoid defeat in Hungary, I don't think we can really have too many complaints over this wee chunk of, of games between the two international breaks. I think if you went back to just before the Motherwell game and you offered us what would it be at that stage? Say five wins and the draw against Livingston and, and Ferencváros away. I think you would you'd probably take that at that stage. So I don't think we can have too many complaints if that's the way that the week pans out. But obviously, if it if it goes awry and say God forbid we, you know, we lost on Thursday and then drop points next Sunday, you know, then it, w- it would obviously be a, a difficult situation. But um, I'm pretty confident, as I say earlier, that yesterday might turn out to be a, not a bad thing for the team, and, and we can definitely kick on. I'm certainly hoping that's the case. I'll refrain from making any predictions because the we both done poorly. I mean, Steve, you're on the the buyer person a meal. How's that? How's that shaping up? Who, um, who's looking good for the the meal? I'm I'm still winning, but in midweek we both went for a draw, and yesterday I went for four nil, and he he went for five nil. So <laughs> I'm winning, but I think it'll come it'll come down to uh, this game probably because I I think we'll draw, and he thinks we'll get beat. So uh, so we'll see what happens. But just one more thing. Who do you think will uh, be in defence going forward? Do you think I'll be beat on in Carter Vickers or do you think he'll bring Stephen Welsh back? Because I was a bit surprised that Welsh didn't come on yesterday because at first I thought Welsh was getting signalled to come on, but he decided to drop beaten back there. So who do you think he'll play in uh, central defence in the next few weeks, the next few games? I think probably Welsh, just because he'll probably need beat on in the centre of the park probably because obviously Rogic isn't going to be around so I don't know yesterday if it was just a sub thing that he wanted to keep his his subs for for more attacking um, changes and he felt that he kind of already had beat on at centre back. I, I felt yesterday that putting beat on at centre back was was the best way because I, I felt that he was slowing the game down in the midfield, I've already touched on that and I felt that Beaton's fine in games like that at the back because he doesn't actually have to defend. Livingston didn't offer anything and he was basically just another ball carrier. Um, it's Beaton at centre-back away on Thursday night I'd be worried about or even you know away at Dens Park. I think we need Stephen Welsh in for those two games. But it's then a big ask for Stephen Welsh because when was the last time we even saw Stephen Welsh? I mean, it's a it's a long, long time ago. Um, is, is he ready just to come right back in and perform? I think the last game we started was Paul Brybrooks because as soon as Carter Vickers signed, he's been our first choice because he scored in his debut against Ross County and I think that was the first game after the international break. So aye, uh, that'll be a test for him. But hopefully when we return on Thursday on the next episode, we'll be celebrating a result that clinches European football after Christmas and then we can look ahead to Sunday. So, Hamish, thanks very much for coming on and do your plug for the great 67 Hill Hill YouTube yeah, channel. Yeah, um, 67 Hill Hill YouTube channel. Um, you basically did my job there for me, John. Um, lots of variation on there. T- tell, tell, the, tell the boys and girls, GH <laughs> and GH, that listen uh, what you can find on the, the great YouTube channel. Well, um, I'm always quite bad at kind of talking myself up because I, I don't really like doing that but I, I think what you can find on the channel I like to think is a lot of variety um, we, we we bring out a video every single day now and from live match reviews both you know online like this um, and also in a pub after games um, we do solo videos just me, my mic and my 
um, camera and my light, um, which similar to kind of the videos Ryan One One Eight has has become famous for. Um, with, with a green screen as well behind me, we do uh, videos with uh, Scott McDonald, former Celtic player, and also Jackie McNamara, former Celtic player. Great to obviously always hear what they have to say, and we also get experts on to, to find out more about um, teams that, that Celtic are about to face. So, for example, this week, even though we recently played Ferenc Faros, we're going to get someone on again just to to find out how they've been doing since we last played them. Um, and loads of other different kinds of videos as well. Um, funny videos, historical videos, um, loads of variation. And I just think it's quite a nice place to be, the, the YouTube. You can spend hours in there watching our videos. Um, there's over 21,000 subscribers now in the channel, so um, clearly a lot of people reckon that we're, we're worth a subscribe, if that's even a way to put it. Um, but yeah, Gig, Gig, GigPod, I think, has even more fans. So if, if anyone has listened to this and hasn't yet or, uh, made their way over to onto the 67 Hill Wheel YouTube, um, and you fancy doing that, that would be much appreciated. Yeah, we'll go on to YouTube and uh, look up 67 Hill Hill, and you can subscribe, and our very own Stevie, Often features in the post-match uh, reviews. You might be trying to sell it, not put them off the idea. <laughs> no, no, Stevie always makes good points, unbelievably enough. But, uh, thanks very much, Hamish, for coming on. And uh, you can find us in all the usual podcast platforms. You know where by now you can leave us all your great reviews and leave us five stars as well. Tell us how great we are. We'll be uh, back after the French Virus game, and then we'll probably do a pod after the Dundee game. And then it'll be time for the next, I think, prediction competition. So that'll be a battle of laughs. Right, thanks everybody for listening. We'll speak to you all soon. Hail, hail. Podcast Network.